Good morning on this Good Friday. It's a couple days before Easter. We get to celebrate our risen Savior. It's pretty awesome. Welcome to Conversations with Buddy. We record these podcasts at the Rec Podcast Recording Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, give us a review, and also share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platforms. We want to get these messages out to the people and impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm grateful uh, to introduce you to my guest and friend, Nate Cook. Welcome, Nate. Good morning. Glad to be here. Man, dude, it's, it's exciting to have you here, actually. Yeah, this is uh, this is totally legit. This and is, this is... Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can't see what I'm seeing, yeah. I, I was totally blown away by the, the little mini studio here, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. It's it's awesome. I agree. Well, that's the rec did that, so that's awesome. Well, hey, we're going to dive into to some conversations this morning, just some questions, and learn about Nate. Um, so, but before I do, I'm going to just talk about you and what I do know about you. I know you pretty well, Nate. But like I say to every guest, I'm going to learn something new about you. I'm pretty sure today. Yeah, you bet. And I'm sure if your wife was here. We might even learn some more stuff. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but she's not. Good, good and bad. So you, you got to be honest with good me. Good and bad. Yeah, exactly. Good and bad. Well, brother, here's what I know about you. You're a husband. So who yep. are you married to? I'm married to Amika Cook. And, ha- and how long? We've been married for 16 years. Perfect. Father of four. Father of four. Names and ages. Going from youngest to oldest, we have Lenny, two. Okay. Beckham, six. Noah. 12 and Maya 15. So weird because I've seen your journey and I remember when uh, Maya was probably six or seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen the journey and I can't believe she's she's 15. She's 15. Seriously. So, it, it, her, well, even her and I were talking about that last night, yeah. just how time just goes by. Yeah. You know, you I blink. mean, it just, you blink in yeah. 10 years. So, and part of the story will be how do you spend the time with your kids, and we won't get into it yet, but we will. How do you spend time with your kids and really seize that moment? Because, right. like I said, it does. You blink, and they're they're older. She'll be married before you know it. Sorry to say that. Yeah, okay, that, bro. <clears throat> that's going to be tough. That's going to be a challenge or an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a business owner, commercial contractor. You're you're also uh, a residential builder. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not your main thing. You're a real estate investor. Um, one of the things we're going to talk about today is kind of your journey through recovery, getting clean and sober from drugs and alcohol. You've been clean for 15 years. That's pretty amazing. You've been with uh, Duncan Construction for 19 years, as long as yeah. you've been married. 19, pretty interesting. 19 years. Just had that uh, little uh, celebration here yeah. a couple of weeks ago, so that's pretty cool. That was really cool, dude. Uh, you love fishing and hunting. You love the outdoors. And I see Absolutely. Your, I see all your Facebook yeah. posts. I mean, you encourage me, whether you know it or not, because you typically have one of your kids with you. Yeah. Just yeah, saying. That's, that's, you know, when, when we first got married, yeah. it was, I, I mean, I was, it, it wasn't even a passion for hunting. And yeah. Back then it was more of an obsession. It was oh. every weekend me and my dad would go, I mean, pheasant hunting would start yeah. April or October 7th. Yeah. We would start. Every Saturday, Sunday, yeah, till December, and we got married, and I said, and we had this tradition yeah. that 
even as far back as I can remember with my mom and uh, my f- immediate family, me and my dad were gone. Thanks the night before Thanksgiving, we're headed over east and we're we're bird hunting till Sunday. Yeah. And I got married. Yeah. I said, honey, this is what I do. You know, I mean, this is, you know, like this is just, this is normal. And yeah. that only lasted a few more years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, wait a second, Nate. Uh, how about me? Yeah. How about me? Yeah. Um, you talked about some of the earlier challenges. You went through a program called Teen Challenge in 2002, and I want to dig into that. That's going to be awesome. Um. Yeah, the journey to faith is going to be in the story of redemption. Really, this Easter weekend, we celebrate Easter, man, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the story that you get to live out and what you're saved from. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Well, let's just dive in real quick and uh, let's hear from Nate on, I want to know, are you, uh, were, were you born here in Salem? Tell me a little bit about your parents. Did you do sports growing up? What would that look like? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I grew up about six minutes from where we're sitting here in Kaiser. Uh, so you're a Kaiser guy. Oh, you, I, this is home for Kaiser, you. Whitaker, on to McNary. Yeah. Uh, Mom and dad still live in the same house. What? Right now that I was three, I think, when we moved there. So Pause for a moment. Mom and dad have been married for how long? That's a good question. Over 50 years. It's crazy. So, it's a great story, man. Yeah, totally awesome story. Uh, and they're you know they're, they're sliding into retirement and still doing their thing in yeah. that same house that we were going crazy on as kids. So pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Kaiser was my place. McNary graduated there in two ninety three. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that's a bit ago. I'm coming up on a <laughs> thirty year <laughs> reunion. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Just, that just doesn't seem right, man. I know. You know. You blink. Here you are, 30 years later. I mean, I walk by the mirror and it's like, I'm getting wrinkles. I don't recognize <laughs> that guy. What's going on? <laughs> Dude, you still look good to me, man. Yeah. You you look like you're in shape. You, you comb your hair well. Me, you know, I, I got more gray hair than I've, it's like, wow, that's, it's interesting. But yeah, we all change, don't yeah. we? Yeah, you yeah. bet. Life goes by. Well, you've been blessed. Okay, what, what sports did you do growing up? You know, I wasn't really a sports guy. Um, you know, I was, I mean, I, you know, I played a little, little, little league, tried to play baseball, loved baseball, wasn't, I wasn't a talented athlete, okay. you know. Uh, my son Noah, kid's gifted. I, mm. he, he's like an amazing baseball player, yeah. football player. I mean, he's just, he's just gifted. And, mm. you know, I was the opposite of that. I would have liked to have been the guy hitting dingers yeah. at McNary, but that just, that just wasn't me. I yeah. mean, I, I, I wrestled I, until my junior year, but you know, I, I really wasn't an athlete. I was uh, definitely searching for something to give my life meaning, even though, you know, we grew up in a Christian home. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was pretty rigid. Um, not that that was a bad thing, but it mm-hmm. was like, you know, super conservative. You mm-hmm. don't do this. We don't watch that. We don't listen to this kind of music. We're at church three days a week. It was a little bit, uh, you know, pretty intense. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, it made an impact on me. Um, but even though that was, su- you know, a, an important piece of our family, yeah. uh, you know, I was still out kind of trying to find my way and fill, uh, you know, just just fill my life with something because it wasn't sports. Yeah, uh, I wasn't that the, the super cool guy at school that had all the. I mean, I had friends and I had, but I just you know I was trying to find something, and it wasn't girls because 
back then, I didn't really, uh, you know, I wasn't the guy that was getting all the girls. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was just kind of roaming, trying to find that thing that would scratch my itch, that mm-hmm. would fill my life, that mm-hmm. would give me a little bit of meaning. And it's so funny because uh, I remember, I think I had my driver's license. I was at a, I think it was a junior in high school, 16. Um, I still remember to the day I was at Bobby's party after the football game and Bobby walks up and gives me a beer. Yeah. And I, 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 and I, I cracked that thing open. And how old are you right now? 16. You're 16. You never drank a beer before in your life? You know, I had, um, you know, but, you know, okay. family event where maybe the cousins have something, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really a part dad, of Dad and mom weren't letting Oh gosh. Happen. Yeah. You, you, no, no. No. Cousins, yes. <laughs> mom and dad. Uh, so, you know, I slam that beer and I just I can still hear we here we are 32 years later remember that feeling and I just thought I have found it this is it no kidding I've been looking for all of these things to make my life feel good Um, even though I had a great family even though you know I knew you know I accepted Christ I had a relationship with God even though I was kind of just drifting to my own uh, this whatever I was searching for and but it just I it was like the magic elixir mm. girls now would like me I felt 10 feet mm. tall I was whoever I wanted and so began the journey sounds like liquid courage I've heard that term before uh, a lot like you you know you have that first drink and you think I've found my thing and you know alcohol is a starting point sometimes and we'll get into that but maybe gave you a little bit of courage you didn't have on your own. All of a sudden, hey, I'm actually somebody uh, because now I've been invited into a group of people. Let's drink some alcohol, drink a beer. I've got more courage. Is that kind of what you were feeling at that moment? Oh, yeah. You know, it take, takes the edge off, takes the insecurity away, uh, it helps bridge the gap to give you that, uh, yeah. you know, that buoyancy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it wasn't but a few days later, it's like, oh, we got to do that again. And I worked at, uh, I worked at McNary golf course. Okay. Uh, when I, I got a job there, I think when I was a junior, just back room boy, cleaning carts. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, there was a guy there that played and I kind of built a relationship with him, you know, you, and somehow I talked him into buying me a fifth of vodka. Sweet. And, uh, you know, we were off and running, man. It mm. was, uh, it was all downhill from there. Wow. So you were probably a sophomore or junior, uh, 16? Yep. Okay. Started drinking a little bit. You're, and we're heavily influenced at that age, right? We're, we're looking for something. We're trying to be our own guy. Yeah. You have, you've got a great foundation with mom and dad, but you're still trying to find who you are, what's important to you. Exactly. Yeah, and that journey. And, you know, for me, I was so, uh, I, I was starving for, to be liked. Yeah. Not loved because I was loved at home, you know. Sure, I mean, I, sure. I, I wanted, I, I was starving for that, that peer recognition to be, um, to have uh, people think I was cool, uh, fit in, be in that certain, and so that you know that made me that really, I think, led me to do a lot of things. Yeah, experiment with drugs and alcohol. I love drugs and alcohol. Um, be cruel to other 
kids that mm. were a little more awkward because people would laugh maybe and give and that would make me feel better. You know, just all of these things that mm. kind of promote me feeling good or getting attention from other people or acceptance. Yeah. So you're in high school, you're doing a little dr- uh, alcohol that leads into drugs. Yeah. What, what does that look like? Yeah, it was just, you know, pot followed quickly after and, yeah. and that be- began, began a, you know, a pretty uh, regular remedy. Yeah. So there was just a lot of alcohol, a lot of, uh, a lot of weed for, for a little while. And then I graduated and I think I was 18 and yeah. so began the meth. Yeah. That summer. Oh, so meth began after that. Yeah, that summer. right there. I mean, mm. back then it was called crank, you know, that was 30 years crank, ago. And yeah. uh, it's virtually the same thing, just different. And yeah. The next two years turned into, it was just a tornado, you know. Wow. I went from just a dabbling, you know, um, doing a little bit of pot and yeah. to Friday nights I'm snorting lines and then it's become an obsession and then, you know, it's a daily thing and then I'm I'm living at a house where guys are slinging dope and I'm my, you know, I mean, it just yeah. took control in a matter of, you know, just yeah. a short period of time and destroyed my life. So, you know, mm. I'm hanging out with criminals. <laughs> I'm, I have nothing. I'm trying to put on a front to my parents. I'm a, And your mom and dad have no idea at this point in time? Or well, you a- they, you know, because I, I, was, I was living at home, but I was kind of not living at home. You know, we, we were, there was this wedge that was driving between us yeah. and it was like, fine, if you're not going to be here, you're gone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I just kind of... And, you know, they, they knew something was going on and it was just super toxic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just continued down that path and I got into a group of friends that were heavy drug users and that's just what we did for mm. a few years. And yeah. So, so, so after high school, have you ever gone to college at that point in time? What'd you do for a job? What'd that look yeah, like? You know, I worked at John's Car Wash. Here in Kaiser, I thought- I know John well. John's yeah. a good dude. Yeah, so I, I got out of high school and thought, you know what? I need to, I, I, I was a horrible student. I didn't like school. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I just didn't try and I'm going to take some time off. And that was just my way of saying I'm going to not go to college to yes. mom and dad, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, I just got a job and I, I, I worked there for a year and a half yeah. while I could uh, just- exist you know try to exist i guess right okay so you do that for a while you're working some odd jobs probably doing some drugs for a while at what point in time do you uh you begin you begin to occur with because you've been with duncan for a yeah, long time so, so what that look like yeah i'll just let me fill in the fill in the blanks from for you know that period of time i you know i was just the I guess the the train was coming off the the tracks really yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, I was going ninety miles an hour at a brick wall. I was using every day. I was, you know, staying up for seven eight days at a time. I wasn't eating. Uh, you know, I was one hundred and ten pounds probably, uh, and I remember we were uh, driving down Portland Road. And me and three guys, I was driving my car. It was like 10 o'clock. We were going to go, we go bowling. Okay. At the other bowling alley. Okay. And uh, right there where the, I think OSP used to be yeah. across from AMPM Mini Market, cop lit us up and it's like, oh my gosh. And pull over, car full of guys, car full of drug addicts, car full of drugs. The guy in the back has a, a weapon and it's like everybody's panicking. 
and we're hiding and it was just, you know, pandemonium. Yeah. And uh, I'm not like a guy that stands up to the cops and has a, you know, I'm, I'm freaking out like I'm in real trouble, you know, yeah. I don't have that like cowboy tough attitude yeah. at that point in time. And, uh, you know, long story short, I get arrested, I find the drugs, I go to jail that night. Um, my friend Steve, who's in the back, he tries to run and it just turns into a, just a fighting with, it was just, it was a horrible situation. And, you know, I got out the next day cause I had a, you know, I had a spotless record. I mean, and you know, I had a court date and everything and, uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't tell my parents. Uh, my friends knew and that was it. And I, I had this court date that was looming. Like I'm getting closer and closer and it's like, you know, somebody, you, you, you would think you kind of get ready or do something, yeah. but I just, you know, I, and, and I called like the day before and like, what do I need to do? What do I need to show up? And it was like, they didn't have any record of me being there that day. Um, so it was just totally bizarre. Like I can't even figure out mm. like the details. Um, and there was a bunch of situations like that, uh, where I just, I, I, we got pulled over by the cops another time, just being stupid, very close to proximity to that time. And, you know, I, for some reason I got through that without like ending up in prison and it wasn't too far after that that I was just like totally broken, mm. like broken. I can't go on. I, I can't quit using drugs. I'm just, I'm strung out. I don't know what to do. I hate everything and I'm so empty. Uh, and I, I, for some reason I went home, I never went home, but I went home on a, this morning and my mom meets me at the door mm. and my mom is, you know, one of those women that, you know, she's like, she's an identical triplet. Really? Totally cool. Totally crazy. We're, you know, just like, and they look exactly the same. And, uh, she just told me that she loved me and her and dad loved me. And, and she mm. started reading some, like, she wrote some God gave her, put something on her heart the night before. Yeah. She started writing it down and, and started reading me this. And I, I think it was some, I don't remember even what it was, yeah. but it was some passages, some scripture somewhere. And it was just like, I went in and uh, I just felt loved and uh, like, I, I got to get out of this life. And mm. So, you know, I was going to, uh, I, I, I moved back home and, Things just, I, I hit a real bottom. I was just, um, I had a, a girlfriend through this whole period of time hmm. that I really, I thought I really I cared a lot about and I always hid the drugs from her. Hmm. And uh, she would find out and, you know, and and she found out again right in this period of time and left. And it was, for me, I was 19 and it was like, you know, all of this stuff was happening. My world, I, I was, tr I couldn't get clean. And I just hit this bottom with so much pain, which it was so good for me. Oh, yeah. Pain is good. Pain is good. And without the pain, there's no mechanism for change. So um, I was in this dark, dark place of a lot with a lot of pain and regret. And I flew out to my mom's 
sister's house. She okay. lives in Denver, Westminster, yeah. and just to get away from the Salem Kaiser, you know, just and you must have had a close relationship with her. You wouldn't just randomly, I mean, yeah, you, she's she's always been close. She's mm-hmm. always been like my, uh, you know, a champion for me. You know, yeah. uh, uh, just from the from the stands, cheering for me, loving me. Uh, she was always there for me. Her name is Debbie. So I went to Aunt Deb's house and I stayed there for a month. Yeah, and uh, you know her son Grant was young back then, and him and I, you know, I love him. Uh, and uh, I just got away, and mm. I, I can still remember. I slept. It's what's now her office. There was a bedroom there. I yeah. slept in there. There was there was, and I think before I left, I went up to and I I went to a church service. Mm. Portland Christian Center, yeah. my dear friend, Rodney Wright, who was my youth pastor at Westgate, which is now Family Life Church. Okay. He was here. He, he moved up to Portland, and I have another good buddy that was going up there. So before I left to go to Colorado, they're like, you need to come up here and come to youth group. And I remember I went up there, and it was just like this, you know, you know 50 kids, yeah. worship, sing. And it was like I'd been in that place of pain, and I just felt well, it was God's presence, you know? Yeah. And it was like... Oh, this is awesome. And I, you know, I ended up going away to Deb's house and I just started reading. Uh, there was a Bible in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And, Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I started reading Proverbs. I didn't know what, and I just, it was like, you know, whatever day it was on, I just started doing, kind of going through that for that month I was there and something just started happening in my life. And, uh, you know, God just transformed my life over mm-hmm. the next couple of months. I got yeah. super plugged into church with Rodney and my buddy Nathan Carnes for yeah. this went on for a couple of years. I mean, I was like got radically changed. I never went back. I didn't go to recovery. I didn't go yeah. to I didn't go to treatment. I just had a touch from the Lord. Amen. And it was like I had a there was a new Nate. A new and improved Nate. New and improved Nate. Okay. So then the question is, you know, we saw this thing called the sin nature. You know, we sell flesh, still wants to do what it wants to do. Did you ever relapse and go back to the old Nate? Yeah. So, you know, I Ooh. really felt that uh, I wanted to do, go into ministry and, you know, do some, I mean, I was, I was just on, there was a couple of years where I was just totally on fire for yeah. God building his kingdom, being involved with youth group. We were going on missions. It was just, it was, it was awesome, you know, mm-hmm. fired up, excited about life and, and what God was doing and. Uh, so I uh, I went to Multnomah Bible College for a year. You did. I, I did not know that. I did. Pastor Nate. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I think I was maybe twenty one when I was there, and you know I was up, you know I, I interned at our church up there, and I was just really plugged in, and turned twenty one. Hmm. I mean, what does that mean? You know, well, I don't know what that it, means it, for me. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'd never been in a bar, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember. Uh, we went to Old Chicago. The it was used to be downtown. Yeah. It was the well now it's the Mason Regrow. Yep. 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 And it was just there was this energy in there and it was like interesting. Huh. This is kind of cool. Yeah. And everybody's drinking and I, I I had no plan on drinking or anything and before long, you know, a couple uh, I don't even remember what it was. I was like, "Oh, Hello, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Yes, this is a this is a feeling that's vaguely familiar, mm. and uh, you know, little would I know that over the next you know, shoot, seven eight years, 
that one little sliver of something that I let in would just it would it would create a cascading event that would lead me nearly to death. So uh, as I go on with the with the story, you know, this isn't something that happens all the time. You know, I leave and I go, oh. God, I'm feeling convicted. This isn't good. You know, go back, go on with life. No big deal. And but you know, and then I I finished school. I was working construction. I got a job. Uh, uh, one thing I did want to connect the dots on yeah. that year before I went to Multnomah, I got my first job in construction. Yeah. And I worked for. Uh, I actually got a job for a guy here in town, and that's where I met Rich. Rich okay. worked there. Yeah. Oh and no way! That's Rich funny. worked there, and this was in '96. And uh, I was, I got a job packing lumber, man, making six bucks an hour and uh, worked for a guy who taught me how to work hard. Mm. And uh, that's, uh, that's where I met Duncan. Yeah. So um, that's cool. We, we just, we, we kind of stayed together. So when I had come back from Multnomah that year, it's like, I'm going to go to Chemeketa, get, do another year. I was going to Chemeketa and I, Rich has, went, was working for another company here in town and I looked him up and I started working there. Mm. And so we, we've just had this parallel relationship path mm -hmm. through other companies over the last 30 years um, and became tight, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was more than just, he was the guy, he was the guy, he was the project manager and I was the, I was the guy holding the other end of the <laughs> tape measure. Right, right. You know? And uh, so I was going to Shemekka and I was working for them and, and uh, that went on for about another year. And I thought, you know, I really do want to go into... I want to go into ministry and this mm -hmm. is still a passion for me. I don't know what that looks like. And my buddy Rodney's like, yeah, you should check out Bethany College down in Santa Cruz. I went there and Rodney was my youth pastor. Yeah. We're, we're still dear friends. Yeah. He married me. Uh, he, he called me yesterday. He's just a, in fact, he's a guy you're going to have to have on this podcast. Dude, he's, I love to. He's, he's got an awesome story. So uh, we went down for a wedding. And I was like, this is cool. You know, this is awesome. It's like, you know, this little town, Scotts Valley, kind of this right outside of Santa Cruz. Yeah. And, you know, so I I quit my job, applied, packed up, got in my, I bought a convertible Mustang, mm -hmm. loaded up and drove to Santa Cruz. Wow. And uh, the journey began down there. And it was, it was so awesome. It was like, you know, I, uh, I got away. Those two years, they were they were super special because it was mm. just it was something I would I'll never do again. Obviously, yeah. But the environment, I, we were surfing, we were going to the beach. I met. Are some you friends. mid twenties, late twenties by this I age? I think I was. Uh, I would say I was twenty. See, I graduated from there in two thousand. So that was so seven years after you graduated from high school. Yeah. So I was, you know, twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Twenty four, twenty five, somewhere around there, and. uh Still had this plan that I was going to go on and, you know, do ministry, do something. I was getting yeah. into music. I was speaking at pl different places and we had some guys that we were going around doing stuff and it was just, it was just awesome. And uh, I'd still go out every once in a while and it'd be like, oh, let's go out to the, let's, Secret Nate would creep in. And, you know, I wasn't, the rails weren't coming off. It was just, hey, oh, hit the bar, have a few cocktails kind of be secretive because we can't be doing we were at a private school yeah you know i mean that's a no no that's like yeah is anybody gonna see us right. you know and uh you know for the other couple of guys it was like this is just something kind of stupid for me 
it was more you are Jekyll and Hyde because it's 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 fanning the flame on a dragon that's mm. just asleep, you know. It's an interesting analogy, yeah. Absolutely. And he's ready to come up and take over and destroy. And he's done it in the past. Yeah. For so, all of us, by the way, Nate, you're not the yeah. only guy here, right? You know. So, you know, I go on through school and I end up graduating. And my senior year, um, one of our, I can't even remember her role at the school, but this couple, great couple, David Lynn Willis, they, they I was like, hey, I know. You know anybody that needs, because we were leading worship and just doing fun things at different churches around there. So you play guitar. Yeah, not really anymore, but Dude, back I've in the day. You. I've seen you play. Used to. And they're like, hey, yeah, there's this church down in uh, Scotts Valley, uh, or not Scotts Valley, uh, San Ramon, East Bay, about an hour from there. That it's, it's a plant startup church. My sister and brother-in-law go there. They actually need a youth pastor. Because, you know, it's, it's like 200 people. They're mo- meeting in a movie theater. So yeah. I went down there and thought, okay, that'd be kind of fun. And we we hit it off and uh before long they hired me so i'm i'm driving down there we're setting up we're doing youth stuff and you know it's just uh, bringing some of the guys down from school mm-hmm. and uh you know playing music down there and you know so we launched this youth program and i'm traveling around speaking at camps and doing different stuff and first year was pretty awesome and yeah. i graduate and moved down there but i'm still having this these little episodes, you know, mm. and it's not anything catastrophic, but in my heart, it's like, I know this is like, I'm in a dangerous mm. place. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it progresses. And then it progresses more over the next year. And, uh, you know, we do some great stuff while, yeah. while we're there, uh, start this youth program. We go to Mexico, we do some missions trip. We're getting, you know, we're, we're building this program. We're meeting at a, a we're actually, cause there's no building that we yeah. the, the church meets at the, uh, movie theater right. every, every, on Sundays. Right. And we were, we were doing youth, youth services at a, uh, a junior high there. And, uh, I, I got to a really good place where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not having any of these, what I would call an episode, <laughs> you know, where it's like. Oh, drive to San Francisco and go to the club and kind of get crazy for a night. And crazy then was just, just go out and start drinking again. Drugs had not reentered my life. Okay. And, uh, you know, I went a long time with uh, three or four or five months. And I was like, this is, I'm going to, I'm done with this. And I can remember the night. It was my friend's birthday. We went out. We, we, start, we all started drinking again. And, and that was the day that it all changed for me. Uh, we went to San Francisco. We met some people. Started I, the the alcohol became started becoming a daily thing, and then I'm starting to go over to uh, the city on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I have this, you know, youth pastor by day. Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. And it was this, you know, such shame and guilt and. Um, you know, I, I met this, I met, a, actually, I met a girl at that, me and a guy were at this club and, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just toxic. And so I start driving over there, over the city. So you mm. leave, leave and I drive over this bridge Yeah, and it just became this perpetuating uh, addiction. Like I go over there and cut loose and get crazy. And then I'd come back and I'd have to put on this show and this, yeah. and, and it, and then wasn't too long that then the, the drugs came and then the cocaine. And then it was, and then I found, found a, a dealer there and I'm getting, I, I mean, it, the rails started falling off really quick. 
And, uh, you know, so I finally fessed up and I was like, I got to, everybody knows there's something wrong with Nate. Okay. <laughs> and my pastor, the guy, his name's Doug Heisel. Just an amazing man. Yeah. You know, where most would throw aside, especially in the church. I mean, you know, the, the church does a good job, I think, of, uh, you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that are different levels of sin, um, you know, whether it's pornography or whether it's yeah. in, uh, but that wasn't the way he was. He really cared for me yeah. and loved me. And in spite of that, I couldn't escape the addiction that I was in. I just kept spiraling out. And I told the board and that was a scary, scary time. Yeah. And, uh, long story short, my, my season there came to an end. I finally just said, you know, I got to resign. I, I packed up all my stuff and drove home and uh, stopped at uh, the Assemblies of God offices there in San Jose. Mm -hmm. Said, man, I'm a mess. I'm a drug addict. Kind of spilled the beans out there yeah. and uh, drove home. Amen. And... You know, I got home and immediately just jumped into what I was comfortable with, and that was whatever I could do to numb the pain of the shame and the regret. Yeah. Because I felt like a piece of crap. You know, I mean, you can, everything that I thought that I was passionate about, I replaced with something that was so ugly. Mm. And uh, I spun out, man. I hit it hard. Uh, it wasn't long after that I... Uh, I started shooting dope and I was introduced to the needle and that was like yeah. changed everything. Yeah. You know. So you're you've you've now moved back home with mom and dad. Yeah. You're with mom and dad, mid to late twenties, shooting hair or shooting meth. Dope, meth, yeah. yeah. Meth, yeah. And uh you know, it's out of control. I, I obviously I, I don't I don't have a job. I don't have anything. I'm stealing, I'm doing whatever I can do, you know, to get a bag. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I remember it was Thanksgiving and maybe a day before, day or two before that, I took my dad's hunting rifles and went down to the pawn shop and sold them. And, uh, you know, my dad is a no nonsense man. I mean, like, you know, uh, you don't, <laughs> well, it shows the desperation of being a drug addict, how much you, you think that you need that you're willing to do whatever it takes selling dad's guns you know, pawning them off, you'll do anything. Yeah. So I, you know, I had driven down there and I actually, I was, I got arrested right outside the pawn shop because I was driving erratic and I came, I ran in and I sold one and they, and I, and for some reason they wouldn't take the other one. And I ran out and I have a, one, a gun in one hand, my car is out there with the door open and the cops tackle me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it was just, it was crazy. Uh, I just I can remember laying there on the ground outside of the right there. I, really, it's in front of the old Isaac's coffee, the new Isaac's coffee shop, yeah, right yep, there at the yep, old pond shop, no laying, laying down on the concrete and just going, "Wow, this is this is this is not how I thought my life was going to end up." Yeah. But that didn't make any difference. I went in and out and uh, just continued to spiral out and. A couple of days later, it's Thanksgiving, and you know, mom and dad knew that I was using. They didn't know to what degree, and it was just this. It was so toxic at mm. home because they're trying to protect me, trying to not get me to leave. I don't want to be there. I really want to be out getting high, and uh, 
I'm trying to eat on, and it was, I remember I'm sitting on the couch Thanksgiving. My dad was going to go hunting the next day, bird hunting. And so he was getting his stuff and I, I could hear that the door open in the closet and I was like, oh. So he doesn't know the guns are gone. He doesn't know the guns are gone. Ooh. Now these aren't the guns that he's going to take because he's going to feather hunting next day, but they're all kind of in the same Yeah, closet. he's going to say, hey, there's something going on here. Okay. And he, I, I'm sitting there eating and I, I just knew and he goes, where are my deer rifles? And uh, he, I mean, he knew and uh, I told him and all hell broke loose, you know, it was just, it was ugly, you know, that I had kind of withered away to this place where I was willing to do anything or hurt anyone, yeah. even those closest to me. And it was super uh, combative, you know, not that we were fighting and punching, but it was just, it was, it was not pleasant. It yeah. was ugly. And, you know, my dad didn't know how to help me. He was, he's the kind of guy that you want to stop something. You just, dang it, you stop. Just make a decision. Knock it off. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was going to keep shooting dope no matter what. You yeah. know, no matter, I mean, it didn't, the love for that was far greater than anything else and the obsession. I would go to sleep with it on my mind, just, and I would wake up, got to have it. And, uh, you know, it was just a couple more, two or three months went by. Now, I, I mean, I, you know, I'd shoot too much dope in the bathroom and be, keeled over and you know it was just you know track marks on my arms and it was out of control wow uh, hey let's let's transition though let's uh because th there's there's a good story here this is where i want to get to the good stuff i yep. mean man nate my heart goes out to you a lot of people that you know they get addicted to drugs and they want to quit and they can't they don't have the willpower the means to do it yeah so so let's transition to how'd you meet this lady amika before we transition there, um, you've been clean and sober for how long? When we met? Not not when you met, just as of today. How long have you been? Today I've been clean and sober 15 years. I just got my 15-year okay, so there's coin. A, there's a, there's a there's light a, at the end of the there's tunnel. There's a light at the end of this tunnel, even though it's a heavy story, but God's grace is sufficient. Nate, uh, I want to hear, how did you, how'd you meet Amika? Did marriage change kind of your trajectory, and how did that influence you? Because you've been married 16, 16 years. years, so- you're a year into being married, yeah. probably still doing some stuff, but then how did that, I want to hear getting married and the transition. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, I had a year uh, clean and sober. Uh, let, me, let me let me back up to that. Yeah, right, absolutely. A couple of years before that, you know, I, you, you mentioned Teen Challenge. I was at the end. Yes. I went into Teen Challenge, thought this is, is going to save me. Right. Did that for a year, got out of there in and. Uh, 2023 went to work for Rich. 2003. Sorry, 2003. Yeah, went to work for Rich because we had already had the connection. That was right when he opened yeah. up shop. I was getting out. I had a clean start, you know, and uh, uh, started work there and worked there. I think I started there in a two. Th yeah, some was spring of 2003 and. Um, Work was good. I was getting back into a groove, but I started the same some of the same habits. Mm -hmm. And then I met uh, I met my wife in two thousand five. Okay, so a couple of years later, and you know, through this time, I'm you know I'm doing good, not doing good, doing good, not doing good. That that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Build the house up, tear it down. Yeah. Build the <laughs> house up, tear it down. And uh, I was doing a job downtown, and 
I called because I needed some window film. And this lady answered the phone who, uh, Pro Tint, I think was it. And she's like, oh, she sounds kind of cool. And uh -huh. it was my wife's mom. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Julie, who's like totally awesome. And I was like, oh, she also sounds kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how you make this yeah, yeah, assumption yeah, by yeah, yeah, yeah. what somebody sounds like on the phone. She's probably 27 and she's cute, but yeah. it's some, so, now your mother -in -law. you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to drive over to their offices because I got to get this window and this film. And, and then, you know. Here's Amika. She's working. She's probably, she's 10 years, young, eight years younger than I am. Okay. She's working there at the yeah. front desk and, you know, we just connect and it was, I, she was awesome. She was awesome. And she was like a breath of fresh air to yeah. me, you know. Yeah. Um, I was in, the, in that mode of telling people I was getting sober and clean and, you know, so that was, you know, important to her, yeah. you know. Um, so... You know, I, the, the journey just kind of goes on with me going back and forth and yeah. back and forth and back and forth and until finally, um, thinking, you know, uh, I'm getting some real sobriety and I, I got about a year sober and clean. Yeah. It's like, this is awesome. This has never happened. And uh -huh. I got plugged into AA mm -hmm. and, uh, so I'm going to some meetings. Mm -hmm. and it was actually, uh, it was NA that I was going to then and, uh, like, I'm going to get married. And so I think I had about a year six, eight months, nine months, a year, somewhere around there. And, you know, I, I buy a ring. I, it's like, this is it. And, uh, we get engaged and it was pretty, it was just, just, I was like this new chapter of life. Um, and, uh, but how many <laughs> people know that just a, a girlfriend, a marriage, a, a new job, a new place doesn't necessarily bring freedom. Not always. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it didn't. And it, the, the, the addiction was still there. And for some, I just, I wasn't to the spot where I was really putting in the work in recovery. You know, I, I experienced that early in life and I was just like totally set free. And now I just couldn't shake it. Um, so, you know, we got married and uh, uh, it was hard for her because those for that first year of marriage I was I was still I was you know I was 30 days clean using mm. 30 days clean drinking and it was just it was it was ugly mm. and she's such an amazing woman because she like you know I mean I started drinking two days before our wedding you know mm. I had a year clean yeah. sober and it just it was ugly honeymoon. I mean, it was just, I'm not going to get into all the details, no to, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was so hard for her. And I, the stuff that I put her through in that period of time mm. and, you know, most people, she's only 22. Yeah. Is she a believer at this point in time? She go, grew up in church, didn't go up in church? A little bit. There yeah, was, yeah. uh, neither one of us were really on the, you know, we were, we were far from God, I would say, you know, yeah. but still, a. uh, you know, that foundation is there, but I just, I, I would get reconnected to God when I was trying to get sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or when the pain was too much, yeah. okay, get clean and sober, yeah. feeling good, go back to the Exactly, the so, you know, that first year of marriage, it was, it was just tough, and I put her through hell. Yeah. And, you know, she pulled up her bootstraps and... Made it, made it happen, you know. A little come to Jesus meeting with, with yeah. I, I remember, uh, you know, I had got back from a fishing trip over at the coast, and uh, I was back on it again, and she, 
packed her bags and left. And, mm. and uh, uh, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Huh. huh. This is not cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'll, I'll just fast forward over the next six months of marriage. Uh, it was just that same story, you know, clean up, go back, clean up. I, right. I just couldn't get it. I'm going to meetings. Right. I, got, I met my, my buddy, Gabe, yep. who's a, a dear friend of mine. Yep. And we've been on go this Gabe. journey since high school. Um, he, he was, he had gotten sober and clean and he, in, in 2004, had invited me to do this AA meeting yeah. that they do at uh, my buddy Brent's office. Yeah. And, uh, I went there and I started, I was there going there every week and, but I, I just, I could, I still couldn't get it. I would go, I'd get 30 days and I'd, I'd collapse and I'd be back out mm. doing dope again. And, and, uh, you know, they, they tell this story that they were kind of preparing for Nate's funeral because wow. they didn't think I was going to make it. They didn't think I was going to live through this. And that was kind of the, uh, the consensus yeah. among the group, hey, we need to really prepare that Nate, Nate may not be back. But on, you didn't know that. On, this, on yeah. this earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, you know, I got I got to do something. You know, my wife had left me again. Uh, you know, when I say let she, you know, went to her parents' house yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I went into treatment again yeah. and I was going to do a, out, I did outpatient at Serenity Lane and I, and I, I started going to these these meetings every. Yeah, yeah. You know, I started reading the big book, and I was getting plugged into recovery. And I just I I thought you know I'm really gonna give my all to this because I always you know I'd had sponsors and people I'd always kind of tried to take the easier softer way. Yeah. And you know I you know I'd be I drink and use every day, but I couldn't go to a meeting every day. Are you crazy? That's 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 too intense. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, I can't use if I'm going to meetings. Yeah. So. I, you know, I just, I just dove in and something, something special happened. You know, I got, I got a sponsor, uh, an old guy named Bruce and he was, you know, my, I just dove into recovery and stuff started happening, man. And, mm -hmm. uh, God started his, his plan, uh, from in recovery in my support group that I was building with those guys. My wife got pregnant in that time. I graduated from Serenity Lane. I just jumped in and, uh, you know, there's some stuff in the big book that talks about the promises when you really dig in. And mm. I just begin to see these little promises coming true. And, you know, my life just started to slowly take shape again. And all this time I'm working for Duncan and yeah. um, who is, you know, by the way, uh, uh, he was instrumental mm. in my life, especially in those early years. Because this, this story that I described, I was employed. Yeah. With him, yeah. and you know, it, it was not pretty, yeah. Because um, you know, I, I he knew I was talented at what I did, but I would it was that Jekyll and Hyde. All yeah. of a sudden, a train wreck would come, and where most employers would throw you aside, he just continued to love on me and mm -hmm. believe in me. I hear a theme a lot, like your parents. You know, rather than judge you, they loved you when you came home. Your mom was loving on you, rather than judging you. Your pastors down in California. Loved on you. Rich Duncan loved on you. There's a, there's a theme here, Nate. I'm not sure if I'm getting this, but love is a really big theme here. How do we love on people to pull them out of whatever they're in? Because we all in something at some point in time. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. Love, that that was, uh, you know, it just a, it kind of just reminds me of the prodigal son, and that's just how I always felt. Yeah. I've been a prodigal son, too. Uh, Luke chapter 15. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much, but yet we can, 
we realize one day that the pigs are eating better than we are and yeah. we finally go. But you said something, pain, um, without pain, you can't, there's no change. I don't know what you said exactly, but it's earlier in the podcast. That's a great saying. I'm going to go back and listen to it because I think it's a mechanism for change. Pain is really the only mechanism for change. Well, God can change, but he allows pain to happen in our lives. Yeah, and that's that's something that we talk about in AA all the time. And yeah. we're all fired up to get sober. So many, when I say we, I mean me, the next alcoholic. Totally. When we're in the pain, it's like I got to get, you know, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, I lost my license, my yeah. wife, whatever it is. And the farther you get from the pain, mm. the easier the next drink becomes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's the thing with AA or with alcoholism, drug addiction is, you know, the brain just for some reason, get a little bit away from it. Doesn't seem as bad as it really was. And I can go right back Mm. to eating out of the pig pen. And, uh, well said. So, uh, pain is a mechanism and that, that, that helped me kind of jump in, but something else really took took place you know miraculously i mean yeah. this this when you said that's a story of redemption i mean mm-hmm. today i'm living in the bonus years my friend i mean i got 15 years clean i never thought i'd be free from drugs and alcohol i never thought i'd have two years i didn't think i'd live past 40 and i'm 48 it's amazing I got four kids i mean i'm just not clean and just kind of surviving oh. you know my life has been totally redeemed i have an amazing wife uh just that we're still married is, yeah, is, is miraculous. It's a story of grace, uh, yeah. I got four kids that I love being a dad. You know, having kids really mm-hmm. shows me the magnitude of God's love for me, even though I still can't grasp it. Just, yeah. you know, when when Maya was born, you know, I, I was maybe a year clean and sober. Yeah. And that was another just catalyst for mm-hmm. me and like, it was so powerful. Yeah. I love childbirth, man. Yeah. I love kids. I mean, we have four kids and it's like, you know, they are, they're, they're lifeblood to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and we talk about, we talk about everything. We talk about, they, they know my story. They know about drugs. They know about alcohol. They know why. And yeah. we just, we're, we're, we keep it totally real at the cookhouse. And imagine if all parents became real, not hiding their story but actually telling their story to their kids so they can, you know what, you, you can choose what you want. And like I always tell my daughters, I said, hey, you know, you can ask any question of me you want. I'll be completely transparent. Careful what you ask for because you might hear the truth. And you might, and really the reason why I want you to know is because you have the choice to do anything I've done. Yeah, I've been to jail, done drugs, done alcohol. You can do anything you want. Well, but dad, I'm not going to do drugs or alcohol. I said, you know what, I know you say that, but when you're in the situation, when you're in with friends and you have this peer pressure, if you don't choose in advance what you will do or not do, you might do those things. So here, I'm, I'm just here to help you make a better decision today so that when you get in those situations, you can make a wise decision. Yeah, It's your choice. You get to live with all the, the good or the bad, the consequences of both, and I'll be praying for you. And, you know, just teach my girls scripture and letting them, letting God do the work. Yeah. Our kids' lives is amazing. That's hey, awesome. As we transition, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in just a couple moments, Nate. Uh the story that you share is I didn't know that. I didn't know this about Nate. I knew a lot about Nate. I didn't know this story. It's it's humbling to see what God is doing in your life. 
what I see you today, like I told you yesterday, is I see you on Facebook. Well, the thing I like most about it is you always have one of your kids with you or your wife or you're singing songs with your daughter or your, your or your kids at Christmas time. I've seen them all. Yeah. And that is pure joy. That is not fake. It's real. That brings me joy because Nate is living a transparent, transformed life today. What does the next five or 10 years look like for you, Nate? Do you have goals and dreams that maybe you and Amika want to do? Do you travel a lot? And then let's let's wrap up with some positive, man. Like, put a bow on this uh, little story about Nate and what does God place on your heart today? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, I kept for for so long. I was wondering. Well, I I, I had this just this cloud of shame and regret. Even even when I was, had a five, six, seven, eight years of sobriety from the past, and finally God just removed that from me. You know, having a freedom from just continuing to live in worry about what I had done for so long. And, you know, today I just am I'm really trying to just be in the moment of uh, each day. I'm noticing and seeing life go by me faster than it's ever been. My daughter's going to be gone to college in three years. So I'm trying to uh, just be the best dad I can, enjoy them, be with my family. Uh, you know, we're... Like I said, my life uh, is better than I deserve. I just, I can't even fathom where I am, what I have. And I'm just not talking about material things. When I say my life is so rich, yeah. I'm not talking about money and economics. How cool your truck is and how much money you make. Exactly. You know, much I mean, that, that that's all second. I just, I, I have so many things that are bringing such so much meaning mm -hmm. from kids and family to going hunting and seeing my son catch his first fish last year. And uh, that's the stuff that really matters. You know, what's hard for me, what I didn't share in this, and that's for another story is uh, just, just, I got to try to stay healthy. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I've, uh, you know, I can obsess about work, you know, that's mm -hmm. the new addiction. <laughs> Yeah. Deals, money, and those, yeah. and, and I can immerse myself into that. So I have to uh, really, really try to focus on yeah. what's really important. Yeah. And maybe we'll have you on another podcast down the road because I want to hear that story because uh, I get you. I, I know a little bit of that story, but we'll uncover that maybe down the road. What does that new addiction look like? Because, you know, the word says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your pastor right. Or cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Oh, those are great words. But now applying those to my life and your life, we want to control things. Yeah. And part of the addiction is we think we're in control. Reality is I'm not in control, nor are you. And if we, if we could spend a moment on that and realize that God is in control of our lives, he's got it all. We just have to seek him and follow him. And that's my journey too, bro. Just like Camden here too. I mean, it's his journey. It's everybody's journey is, Making sure God is on the throne, not Buddy, not Nate. Yeah. And, um, well, bro, I just want to say this, man. It's Good Friday. We serve the same Lord. I love you, man. He is risen. He is risen. I love your story. I love that God's grace is sufficient for you and Amika and your family. And what God, what you uh, and you and I on our own could destroy, what was meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. And he works all things for the good. Right? We know that. And your your life is a story of redemption. You can't do it on your own. Mm. It's surrendering to him and and surround yourself with people 
they're like you because a lot of times it's like, hey, tell me who your five friends are and I'll tell you how your life will work out because the birds of the feather flock together. You bet. And so you have a new group of friends, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Now, could you now go back in the bar and maybe go minister to some people? Possibly. You may or may not want to do that. I don't know. But uh, we'll cross that bridge later. But uh, how does... Hey, how does somebody reach out to you? I mean, you have a really profound story, whether it's, uh, you know, new construction, uh, building a commercial building. I mean, you guys have an amazing brand. Duncan Construction is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Truly. The brand is not, hey, there's a building, but it's bigger than that. But somebody else reach out to you, Nate, to learn more about, you know, commercial construction or to learn about how, what, what marriage is life after redemption or, or how to get through... Drugs or alcohol addiction, how would they contact you? What's the best way? I would say just look me up on Facebook or Instagram and message me. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody that feels that there is no hope, that drugs and alcohol uh, have taken over, that you're battling addiction. uh, I would just say that no one is too far to experience freedom and redemption. And based upon your life or my life or somebody's life, we can sometimes think that we're too far off. We're too far away God could never redeem me. And dude, I got to tell you, you have a beautiful story. No, it wasn't beautiful. What's beautiful is that God redeemed you yeah. out of your muck and mire, you know, eating with the, the, the pigs. Eating with the pigs, man. So, brother, man. Well, hey, bless you. Bless your family this Easter weekend. I can't wait till this podcast airs live. It's going to affect somebody. I don't know who. God knows. So, anyway, I just want to say thanks for you listeners out there. Listen to us every week on... Uh, conversation with Buddy. It's a real privilege to to bring these testimonies to you. Um, I love hearing the stories. I'm changed and transformed by these stories as well. So I hope you are as well. Lord bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.